Welcome to the 624 Pod, your home for all things independent films. We're going to discuss all the positives and negatives when it comes to independent filmmaking. We're going to have incredible guests from the film industry talk about the behind the scenes experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how the industry has changed in the past 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, minutes, hours, years. years. That's the point. It's always changing. And of course, we will always focus on independent filmmaking right here in our state of New Jersey. I'm Tom Baldinger. And I'm Mark Argadana. All right, let's do this. All right, Tom, who do we have today? Uh, So on this episode today, we have the distinguished Jack Mulcahy. Jack is a SAG-AFTRA actor. He... um, let me look at his he's got he's got an amazing pedigree and uh resume pedigree he's just uh really really excited to have him on the show uh jack is uh, not only is jack an actor and he uh guest starred in blue bloods uh he's a lead in a, a movie called brave uh, another lead in the movie called last reunion beyond kepler uh he's done some tv pilots he's he's just uh, he's won a bunch of awards uh but on top of that uh and one of the main reasons that we have jack here not only because of his extensive resume but jack is also the vice chair of uh, the sag indie film committee uh the low budget film committee and the tv theatrical streaming negotiating committee and with everything that's been happening on going on i am really really excited to let me get rid of my old man glasses here um (laughs) really really excited to have jack on the show so jack welcome to the show thanks for coming in man thank you tom thank you mark great to be here great to be with you so jack you know what (laughs) mark and i are just going to sit back and we're just going to turn the microphone over to you because we want to hear what's going on like the like so much has happened in the since September twenty uh, fourth, right where the WGA came out with a tentative settlement, uh, talk to us about that. How that affects SAG. The, the microphone is yours, sir. Well, uh, let's uh, let's walk it back a little bit to uh, May second when uh, the WGA went out on strike with her three major uh, principles. Oh, wait a minute, that's my and now. You, now you're under arrest. <laughs> that's my right. The AI police. It's the SAG police. They're coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so there are three main uh, main gets uh, were uh, writing rooms. Uh, they were shrunk down to like minimal uh, amounts of people, not giving uh, kids uh, the opportunity to become showrunners. Uh, also, streaming residuals were a big thing for them, and as well as you know the working conditions and the minimums. Those are three of the things that they wanted, and they walked on. Uh, myself, I went out to Los Angeles uh, at the beginning of June and stayed there until the middle of July. Mm. Our contract was up in, uh, at November uh, at midnight on June 30th, and they asked us to extend, and we did for 12 days. They went ahead and pissed away about nine of those days, not even coming to the bargaining table. Wow. And when they finally did, it was with their counterproposal to artificial intelligence, which got a resounding laugh from the entire room once wow. we read the proposal. So we uh, we went out on strike and we went on the picket lines to support our WGA brothers and sisters and siblings even before that. Uh, and now that they have struck a tentative deal as of September 24th, we expect them to have our backs and they have indeed guaranteed that that will be the case. 
So here we are, and uh, I will have a really, really big meeting with the SAG uh, negotiating committee tomorrow. We're scheduled for three hours. They usually go five hours. Okay. So um, we um, we will probably get the real talking points and the bullet points and the final uh, uh, proposals that have been agreed upon, which will give us a bit of a roadmap as to how we will go about striking our own deal. Are you going to ask a question? Well, I was going to say, so w when when the strike, let's say they come up with an idea, and now how many things were it that SAG have that they uh, have issued? We've got between 10 and 12 different proposals, including um, self-tapes, minimums. Uh, we have artificial intelligence, of course, and uh, prop, uh, revenue sharing of streaming residuals. So those are the big four for us. Uh, we have other quality of life issues like hair and makeup. Uh, people of color have been um, maimed and burned and 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 have been treated terribly because they don't have enough people of color to do all these makeup things. And, and they force people into situations where they normally have to show up camera ready, which is not right. Uh, it's something that will not cost the AMPTP an awful lot of money, but they're not budging on those kinds of things. So it's like a quality of life issues. You have wages and you do have working conditions and they're just as important. Jack, do you, um, <clears throat> I was just, I was reading an article recently um, that the streaming services starting next year are going to start putting in advertising and they're going to start charging if you want no commercials for right. your streaming channel. Right. Um, do you think that now that that's coming to fruition, that's going to start, do you think that's what brought them back to the table? Because now they know they're getting more, they're going to be getting more revenue in that, that the consumer today is going to go, well, you know what? Fine. I'll pay the extra $3 a month. Um, because I don't want any more commercials because quite frankly, the streaming services have capped out, right? They're, they're not going to get any more subscribers, right? And the only way they're going to make revenue is by raising the rates or finding a way. And that's what their investors are asking for is what I've read. Or if is, the viewers start having babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, yes, that's possible. Well, yeah, um, we have to grow another crop of viewers, right? So, yeah. Uh, so, it's like, so uh, do you think that's part of why things came back to the, they, you know, the AMP, why they came back to the table with WGA or a great, uh, a, a great, um, talking point for them or, or, or a great leverage point for them. I think it's more because of the public pressure that has been brought to bear upon these companies. You see, the thing is, is that the little secret is that in that room, those companies are in complete disarray mm. and stand each other. Right. Apple and Amazon, big tech companies, they could give a shit about like cutting their movie business. It wouldn't affect their bottom line at all. Mm. Big gorilla in the room is Netflix. Right. And if they could cut a deal without Netflix, they would. Mm. And that's why they brought in the four CEOs of those other companies, Disney and Paramount and NBC Universal and what have you. Uh, as for the raising of, uh, of rates for um, ad, uh, what, what do we call it? What is it for no commercials? They want yeah, to charge for no commercials. It's called uh, ad-supported video on demand. Hmm. So um, as opposed to SVOD, which is a subscriber. Subscriber video on demand, yeah. Right. And Hulu is already doing that, right? I think a couple of the other platforms yep. are already doing that. 
I think they do need to um, up their revenue stream. It's not going to really cost them an awful lot. And it's not going to make them an awful lot of money, I'm, I'm telling you. But uh, I don't think that that was one of the, um, the motivating factors for them to come back to the table. I think now that they think that the WGA has gotten themselves a really good deal, that they're going to come to the table and tell us, well, we're going to have to do the exact same thing, but not so fast. Mm. The WGA has 11,500 members. Right. SAG-AFTRA has 166,000. Right. And we're not just writers. We are actors, performers, singers, dancers, recording artists, puppeteers, if you will, uh, airline pilots. I mean, we have so many different categories that have to be addressed in this new contract. And I am a veteran of this. This is my fourth negotiation. Mm. And just to give you some perspective, in 2020, we did the entire thing on Zoom because of the pandemic. So you try and sit in front of a box right for six weeks six wow. hours a day and we were more concerned about getting people back to work and getting on you know the covid protocols back to work people that we might have let a few of these things slip through the cracks some of these things that are coming back to bite us in the ass right now so we had to make a stand now because the threat of ai is so existential that the performers and the background and the stunt community, which, you know, has historically been, you know, at odds at times, mm. has been as one because we all understand the threat that this poses to all of us. Yeah, Mark, I just I'm going to pull my notes here for a second. I was I was doing some research, Jack, and uh, now I lost my old man glasses. <laughs> um, so the is it is my research correct or am I? Please correct me here, because I think you and I talked about that. That's there's some there's some facts that you know a lot of people don't know about, right? And and that's the purpose of this podcast too, yeah. is to talk mm -hmm. about independent filmmaking, what's going on in our in our, our current state, the goods, the bads, the the uglies, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so the last time the WGA sh there was a strike with SAG was 15 years ago. Is that is that correct? Uh, yeah, and that wasn't very very long, right? Right. So, so when the W 15 years ago, when the WGA settled, mm -hmm. it was, it, it was, I think it was about two weeks before the WG, what I read was that it took about two weeks for the WGA to vote. You know, the AMPTP does not vote, right? It's, it's the unions that vote. So unions that vote. So right. what happens is that they get the tentative agreement. It goes out to membership with all the bullet points, all the talking points, all the fine points, and right. then it goes out to the membership to be ratified. And they need a 75% yes vote. In order. That was my, that's where I was going. Thank I was leading the witness. Um, <laughs> that's right. So 75% of the membership have to vote. Yes. Correct. Is that the same for SAG? Correct. Interesting. Now, I think it is a 15, national labor relations, uh, uh, standard and rule. So say that again. I'm sorry. I think it's a national labor relations board standard for unions. Great. In order okay. to ratify a contract. Now, when 15 years ago, what happened was it took about two weeks and then SAG fell into line per se, and then SAG got a new agreement. Do you foresee that's sort of the kind of the will, would be the timeline here? Is it like a two to three, four week period of WGA gets their agreement? Yeah. Now SAG. Yeah. yeah. Once it goes to the national board, uh, the, the WGA national board, they will talk it over and then they will give the, their approval which is also 75% of the national board. And then they will recommend a yes 
to vote on this thing. And then the rank and file will vote and then the 75% or better will uh, put that contract into effect immediately. The same thing will happen with, uh, with SAG-AFTRA. And it usually takes between 10 days and two weeks. I'm not going to say three weeks because, you know, we just need the immediacy of, of so many people who are already in tune to vote on this contract. And believe me, people are quite in tune. Um, there's a labor movement in this country that we haven't seen in four decades. Mm, yeah. and, uh, public approval for unions and for strikes has risen considerably. And, you know, I, I think it's because we understand that the disparity of wealth in the country has gotten so great. Yeah. And if the CEO is making 1,700%, you know, you know, more than uh, his, his average worker, it's not sustainable. I was about to ask, I mean, it, it correlates exactly what's going on with, uh, with the auto union and uh Going, it, it's. I think people are tired of seeing the, the haves, here and the haves not as everybody else. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a very very interesting thing that's happening. And a, so this so this agreement's a it's a three year agreement, right? So it's for three years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, we're back to the same discussion three years from now. Or well, yeah. I think I think this one is like you know the line in the sand. Okay. And I think that this one will um, be able to, how should I say, to inform successor contracts after this. Um, this is a big one. This is a real, real big one. And uh, to get to the point of indie films, if, you, if you'd like to talk about that. Yes. The yeah. interim agreements were a stroke of genius on our part mm -hmm. in order to um, effectively keep people working or put people back to work, as it were. And then all of a sudden, the WGA put a little bit of a crimp in our style in that we couldn't independently shoot any films that were WGA uh, scripts. Right. Now that the WGA has a tentative agreement, we have lifted that limitation. And we've already got 500 projects in production right now That's that great. have no AMPTP fingerprints. As a matter of fact, I'm producing a film that has a $25 million budget that is now a go project. So great. I've been waiting on that for four years, actually. We were a go project in March of 2020. And, you know, when the world stopped, so did the project. <laughs> so, you know, we were very, very close. And now, you know, we're even closer. So I'm really, really happy personally for me, but I'm also happy for the business of work. And so people back to work. So, Jack, so I, I actually, my, my production company, we filed with SAG uh, earlier uh, in the summer, midsummer, for a couple of projects that we're, we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, so are you telling me, and I'm, I'm waiting, I'm impending right now on those, mm -hmm. on those agreements. And that's fine. I expect that. When I, sure. when I spoke to our rep, he said it's going to take six, eight, 12 weeks. Yeah, we and are on staff, no question about it. No, and that's, and that's totally fine. Um, but now are you saying, maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm kind of not so smart right now. So you're saying with the WGA's, agreement once it comes into place do mm -hmm. i as a producer have to still worry about that interim waiver agreement with sag do i can i go into production as a filmmaker as an independent filmmaker not only myself but our audience are going to be a ton of independent filmmakers listening to this mm -hmm. you know wga has their agreement it's done how mm -hmm. does that affect me as an independent filmmaker going forward on my projects that i've pending interim waiver agreements with sag 
it affects you in a very good way in that you can go ahead and start production once you get the approval from SAG-AFTRA. From SAG-AFTRA. Your right. interim agreement, yes. Yeah, and, and then we can go right into production. Yeah. Actors. Say that one more time. You can use SAG-AFTRA actors. And right. depending and on your contract, of what, what contract are you going to be using? Uh, so modified. we are, oh. yes, it's, it's modified, yeah. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're kind of excited about that. Oh, yeah, you should be excited. It's great. I'm just I'm happy that it's that, that there's it's coming to a fruition. It's coming to sort of an end. Uh, yeah, yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, prayer hands. Right. Um, that it continues on this path, because, quite frankly, I mean, not everybody likes to watch Monday Night Football. And especially me as a Giants fan, I don't want to watch Monday Night Football. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. So people are people are vying for, you know, content they want you know they they want to put stuff out there yeah, um we, we want shows and we want fresh uh fresh shows and we want to see new faces we want to see the old faces that are really really great we want to see quality is what we want to see i mean men in tights you know you know blowing up shit is like you know it gets old after a while i mean give me those really great independent narratives that make you say huh wow i never thought about it that way uh, give us back your, our Scorseses uh, and our Spielbergs and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not against high budget features. They put people to work. It's great. But, you know, when, when it comes to storytelling, people are tired of reality TV. Right. People yeah. are tired of reruns. You know, there's a thinker. all you can watch. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so that, that it's, it bodes well for us. Let's put it that way. Jack, talk to us about you've you've been in the the business a long time. You've done a lot of independent films. Um, talk to the audience uh, and to Mark and I about how the independent filmmaking industry has changed over you know whether it be the last you know five years, five minutes. Yeah. You know, like talk to us about what you've seen. You know, goods and bads. Like to tell tell us what your experience has been. Okay, so without naming names, uh, my first feature film was in 1982 and it was a teen sex comedy that we shot down in florida okay it was a fox uh fox project that was a hundred a million seven five and it made 200 million dollars in 1982. Mm, wow okay my first feature i'm a rock and roll musician that's how i started in the business and this was my very first putting the time on the set and you know i was written into the entire script after like two days on set Got six weeks of work, and then all of a sudden, I'm getting residual checks of $16,000 a quarter, clear every quarter in 1982. So I figured, wow, this is something I might be able to do. Then we <laughs> down, and then we went down to Florida. We shot the sequel. That only made $90 million. But still, you know, it gave me the impetus to keep going in this business. That was an, actually an independent feature with a big company behind it doing the distribution. Mm. Then cut to 1995 when I did a tiny little budgeted film for $15,000 that wound up winning Sundance, Best Picture wow. at Sundance, okay? And because it was a non-union film that nobody was ever going to hear and nobody's ever going to see, wound up winning Sundance, and I never got a dime in residuals. Oof. It was Fox Searchlight's very first acquisition. And at that point, you either curse the darkness or you light a candle 
And so I became very active in union politics to effect change from the inside. And it stands to reason that I am the vice chairman of the National Low Budget Film Committee because now we have contracts that would have covered a $15,000 feature. We That's have awesome. a micro contract, we have an ultra low, we've got a spa agreement, we've got all these agnostic contracts that tell you, you don't have to commit to how you want this exhibited, just make your movie and then when it's time to finish up your film, tell us how you want this. Do you want it to be new media only on internet? Do you want it to be on, only in physical film festivals? Do you want it to be distributed in theaters, streaming, whatever? So we give the filmmaker the option and that's how independent features and, and films and productions have changed over the years and the technology. I mean, when you can do a movie on one of these, you know, right? it's like, hey, let's get a couple of friends, you know, and if your friends aren't tag after or union, what have you. But if you are, if say if somebody comes to me and says, hey, Jack, can you want to be in this little thing of mine? I'll say, well, let me unionize this project. Mm. I can say you are the signatory and you say I have Jack Mulcahy and they will get a signatory's number and you'll be in the system and you'll be good to go. Do you uh, do you find that <clears throat> that some independent filmmakers find the process of filing as a signatory cumbersome and they avoid it? Yeah, it used to be. Now it's only four pages, you know, as uh, what was it before? It was it was like 16 pages. And, right. you know, admittedly, our website is really not all that great and it's not mm -hmm. all that intuitive. But the process itself is really, really simple. And it's four pages, you get budget, you get names, and you get uh, starting dates, and you get, you know, relative um, uh, cast members, and you list these all, and you only need about three or four cast members, and then you give all your information, what your budget's going to be, and then it goes into the system, and you can start shooting the very next day, as long as it tells you that you have been put in the system. And I, I know a couple of independent filmmakers that I've spoken to and I've advised them the same thing. I, I've said to them, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to just do the, just do the, just do the paperwork, get, become a signatory. Yeah. There's, it's so much better. It puts you on a different, you know, playing field than, and then everybody else. It, really um, does. And it, it legitimizes your project, yeah. right? Casting directors, breakdown services won't put out, you know, should not, and will not put out a project without a SAG production number right so it's very important to be to do that so our, you know our audience are you know independent filmmakers if you're listening to this you know you're, you're getting this guy here telling you just do it and it's four pages it's easy just do it right just like michael jordan said just do it. Hey, or exactly. was that bo who was that bo jackson uh, it was nike it was nike <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody on madison avenue yeah exactly <laughs> jack um Real quick, talk about the uh, film festivals and what's going on in, or can you, can you talk about, I know you can't promote, but. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I can promote films that, you know, I'm I'm in and that, and that I've finished and that don't have any AMPTP fingerprints on them. Um, I had a film that was just at the bright side that won uh, Best Director. Fantastic. And I won Best Supporting Actor. Uh, we just got accepted to the New York Shorts Independent uh, Film Festival, and that starts in October. And uh, I just finished another film called Before Dawn, which that's is awesome. Yeah, it's it's a, it's been. Uh, 
I've, I've been crushing it. At, at it's crushing. It's just it's like one oh, film yeah. after the other. Boom, boom, boom. Jack's like Jack is like uh, he's like Ty Cobb. He just keeps hitting it out, hitting it out. Um, Jack, what yeah. you know? I, and I love I love talking to you, and 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 uh, I should be talking to you more. And I, I feel like that's my fault. I, I you know we life gets busy, life happens, but I I always enjoy talking to you so much. Yeah. Um, film festivals, right? There seems to be so many yeah so many of them right and our audience is probably sitting there going yeah which ones do i attend which ones do i submit to mm -hmm. you know and then you you know you submit to so many you you should be budgeting for that because there's there's fees for that sure and you don't get in right and like so what's how like how does an independent filmmaker decide which ones to apply for and 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 how to keep going when you know you get denied and you know, bombarded by there's so many. There are so many. And you go to Film Freeway, <clears throat> excuse me, and there are tons and tons and tons of these films. Which festivals. is a great site. Film Freeway is fantastic. But you can start to tailor because they do have filters. You know, how long mm. is your film? Where do you want it shown? What kind of audience? What kind of uh, reputation does this film festival have? Does it tailor your particular film? your particular genre. I mean, there's LGBTQ, you know, film festivals. There's there's African-American film festivals. There's Dominican film festivals. There's all sorts of like really, really wonderful film festivals where you will get your stuff seen, but mm. you have to be really diligent in tailoring your submissions to these festivals. And hopefully you'll get a match. I mean, I- You gotta I, do the research. You gotta do the work. You gotta do the research. I mean, I think we submitted Gentle Boy um, to 20, a little less than 20. We've been accepted to six. We've won awards at two of them, and uh, we're waiting on word from the, uh, the other four. So, yeah. Jack, what do you, let me, I'm going to, and I'm, maybe I'm going to get myself in trouble here for saying this, but. You know what? I'm an independent filmmaker. Six Twenty Four Productions. We make we we we've submitted these things. How do you feel about the festivals? Now I know that they, you know, there's a submission fee, right? Mm -hmm. You don't get in. How do you feel about like the process of if you don't get in, you get a percentage of your fee back, right? Because to some independent filmmakers, that's you know forty dollars is not a lot of money, but for some independent filmmakers, that's a lot of money. Well, you know, forty dollars times a hundred times a hundred. Sure. Exactly. So what what's your feeling on that? On when you get you know when you get the denial, you get that that, that notice from Film Freeway goes up. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, I mean, they do have like insurance, you know, mm -hmm. for that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's a nominal fee or not, but um, do you think we should they, that that there should be some sort of yeah. rake? I don't know. I I mean, I'm I kind of like I'm on the fence about it because no, part of me goes. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. But, you know, you know, what would the number be, right? Right. Would it be 10%, you know, so you get $4 back. What, what, yeah. But at the same time, these film festivals need that revenue to run the festival, right? Oh, there's no question about it. And there's right? administrative costs. And, and I've seen film festivals from the inside out. And, you know, I know that they have to put people to work. Right. And they have to keep people, you know, interested in programming. I've seen some festivals that were terrible at programming. Right. And, and, you know, it's just like you get a block of films and none of them like, you know, have any kind of theme to them. And it's just like, hey, let's just throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. 
Yeah, and 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 I and don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not promoting that. Give give the film the independent film think, uh, makers back their money if you don't. I'm not promoting that. I'm just kind of curious where how people feel about that because it, well, it's a double edged sword. I mean, as a stand up comic, it's the same as the comics are going. There's no money in comedy, and the venues go. Well, we want to make money too. <laughs> like, right. That's not a you know, it's not a charity to give you stage time. No, yeah, ex exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's um I, I just feel like when it comes to film festivals, figuring out why it's important, like you were saying, the different filters, mm. but also the for even more general ones, it's a, what makes a festival a good festival. Like how do we know if there's gonna be industry that are possibly gonna be there? How do we know that casting people might actually take an interest in coming to this? I think that would be something even more than getting money back. It would True. be that's a good point. Like yeah, yeah. Well, that that speaks to curating, right? I mean, yeah. just doing the research, doing the work, making some phone calls. If you know some people who have had films in certain film festivals, and you think that yours might be a good fit, you know, reach out. Reach well, out. There I, should be a category: the schmooze factor. The schmooze. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, it's it's um, it, it's funny. I've I've been to so many of these things, and you know, I get excited to all of them. Like I said, I was at Sundance and won Best Picture. I had Sam Jackson, like you know, say, "Hey, this is the and what have you," and just like, and I've been to tiny little film festivals where you know we've won some stuff, and it was just as exciting because mm. the truth of the matter is, as filmmakers and as actors, we just want to see our work be seen, right? You know, who knows if we get picked up, you know, I've, I've had a couple of films get picked up and into theaters and what have you, you know, and then others, are, I just get really good footage and put it right. on my reel until, you know, I age out and then I need new stuff, right? And making so. a film is so hard, right? It's, it's incredibly difficult. And so to your point, just seeing it on the screen is a success and and you know people always you know so how do you measure success everybody has to measure success in a different light in a different way right somebody's success could be to your point could be at a small festival but it's on the it's on the big screen it's been it's been out there it's been made so many films are written mm -hmm. and then sit sit on a sit on a on a desk right mm -hmm. there's 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 so much to, that goes into independent filmmaking that i think what I'm getting out of what you're saying here, Jack and, and, and Mark is, you know, go for it, go for it, right? Do as much as do all the work, do the research. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, if it's a big or a small festival, you know, as long as you do your research and you're, and you're measuring your success to, to get there. And to me, success is about small steps, right? And just climbing the ladder yeah, step by step, right? It's not about going from here to here. It's yeah. little bits. And then once you get into that smaller festival, okay, now I'm going to go for the, the medium-sized one and the bigger one and whatever it may be. Um, right. So now and I'm going to change. I'm changing I'm changing my views. Am I changing my thoughts? Festivals do not give the money back. Do your research, independent filmmakers. <laughs> know the – don't just throw it in. Don't throw it up on a wall, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Keep doing your projects. Keep writing your scripts. Keep shooting your movies. I yep. mean, there's there's so many um, there's so many outlets now, as as we've uh, discussed. Uh, there's so many festivals that you will get into. There's no yes. question about it. And it's just that you know you want to make it as satisfying to your cast and to your crew 
to come see you, to come join you, and and then have it in front of an audience that you don't even know. And then exactly. when they enjoy it, wow, well, that's that's what we were about. just we were just talking about this at lunch, weren't we? We were saying yeah. how you know you can play your film, you can do your act to your friends and family. They're gonna love you, but yeah. it's an audience of people you do not know. That's where you really measure how good or how bad. Yeah, when a stranger wants is. to talk about your work, that's when things are clicking. Yeah. So um, two quick points to that yeah. end. I remember the one that we were talking about at Sundance. Mm -hmm. The very first screening was a massive hit. Everybody loved it. Mm. Two days later, it was just investors and buyers, and there was no reaction whatsoever. Oh, no. Oh, man. However, <laughs> they didn't leave. But once the movie was over, they were all on their fucking phones. And I was like, oh, is that oh. good? <laughs> I, I, I think, and it, it goes with writing. I think it goes with making of a film. It mm. goes in acting in a film. Editing. If you don't enjoy the process of That's doing it, it's really, a, this is a hard business to be in. It is. But if you enjoy the process of it, yeah. this is one of the most rewarding and satisfying things you can do with your life. I, I could 100%. I could not agree with you more. And I coach an awful lot of actors and the young actors, you know, I just tell them, listen, get yourself a gig as, as a background actor, you know, go on set, you know, do the 12 to 14 hours. See if you even like the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then that will give you the impetus to continue doing what you love doing. Well, speaking of speaking of your, you you said you're an acting coach. You want to you want to plug uh, how how some actors how can get can someone how can get you to be a coach? Them, yeah. Uh, you can uh, you can pop up my socials. I'm at Jack Mulcahy23 at gmail.com. Just you know, drop a line and say, hey, I saw you on Tom Baldinger's thing, and uh, and I really like what you had to say. That's so. awesome. All right. Before we, uh, before you let you go here, Jack, uh, by the way, I, like I said, I always enjoy talking to you. We're going to bring you back on. We've got multiple episodes that we're recording and uh, we're all doing it here at the Chop Sports Media uh, here in Matawan. And uh, Dave Sturcio is our producer, is doing a great job. So thanks, Dave, behind the glass there. Um, Jack, before we, uh, before we let you go, we ask, we're, this is something we want to ask. I'm super excited to hear his answer. Me too. Me too. I think more than. More than most. Setting me up for something, I know. <laughs> so, and I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question. So, because I, 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 it's got to be, but it's okay. We need you to tell us your three top movies. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I know this guy and, has and, a novel of stuff in his head. And one no. of our guests, one of our guests yeah, had to, I he can't. pushed a fourth. He pushed a fourth. So we'll, we'll allow a that. tiebreaker. Right? Okay. Well, I, I can only describe them because I can't say them. Right. Okay. Wait, you can't? You can't? You... can't. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But I can tell you, the first one was the film that inspired me. And okay. it was a film about two rival gangs uh, based on Romeo and Juliet. And it was a story shot on the West Side. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, the Departed. So yeah, I know that, that movie. The Departed. I'd say, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to say Jaws. We'll cut that. We're, we're recording, so we can we can edit here. Go ahead. You can say it. I can't. Um, the other one is uh, it was a black and white. 
1950, and uh, it involved one of my favorite actors in the whole world, uh, William Holden. And it's a William Holden movie. In yes. The story, uh, the title is about, you know, the main um, boulevard in California. <laughs> and, you know, so that was like the, the film that my mother would wake me up at night <laughs> so I could watch that with her. Wow. <laughs> I love it. She was old and, you know, she knew that that's exactly what I wanted to do. Love it. Wow. Uh, nice. you, know, you know, the third one, of course, you know, is, is, was, has to be the one that, you know, gave me the name that I have right now. So, you know, three Irish American brothers, you know, dealing with fidelity and, and Catholicism and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the fourth one, Hmm, that would be, I, I would have to give that some thought. So okay, well, when we have you back, we'll uh, we'll, you know, we'll and hope and hopefully, hopefully yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'll be able to tell us uh, if our if our audiences if our audiences wow good English Tom, if our audience couldn't guess what those movies were, you yeah. shouldn't be watching movies. Yeah, um, Jack, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, so just real quick, Jack, stay with us. We're gonna we're gonna cut cut out here, but. Uh, um, you can get me on, uh, on Instagram as well as Jack Mulcahy, the third. Great. Awesome. No, thank you, Jack. Really appreciate it. Stay with us here. We're, uh, so we just, uh, as we wrap up, we just want to mention our sponsor, uh, Cream Ridge golf course and yes. the roost restaurant. Uh, go check it out in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Uh wonderful golf course. And the food is excellent. Uh, live entertainment Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Uh, they do a great job out there in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. Yes. So, Mark, golf, eat, live you, life. You you got the three movies though, right? You know oh, what they are. Yeah, yeah. Are we allowed to say? We're allowed to say. Wow, wait, you're SAG. You yeah, can't. I, I, he can't say it. Sorry, folks. All right. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll wrap at you. We'll see you guys for the next episode.